Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for spending part of your day with us today. Glad to have you along. Last week was the deadline for all those cities that have been falling over each other to be able to get Amazon's second headquarters in their city. We've heard of incredible promises of tax breaks, of streets and cities named after Amazon. I mean, it has been so crazy. I mean, I liken it to all the girls maybe in my high school going crazy over one good-looking guy. It just is bizarre. Sometimes I think it's so bizarre. But I I wanted to delve into this. There was a great article that I was reading in political.com, rather, and it is Paul Roberts, Seattle journalist. He writes about technology, business, politics, thought it was a good perspective to look at Seattle while Amazon has been growing like gangbusters. Paul, thanks so much for joining us today. Pleasure to be with you. Well, and I think the, the reason I want to talk to you is because all these cities, including Calgary, we want to attract Amazon here. And maybe we've got to step back and say, what would a world or a city like Calgary be if we were successful in getting that second headquarters? Give me a little bit of background, Paul. When did Amazon come to Seattle? Jeff Bezos, the founder, um, arrived in Seattle in 1994, or at least that's where he set up shop. And so the company was officially, um, you know, opened its doors, electronically speaking, in 95. So it's been, you know, just over uh, 22 years. What was Seattle like at the time when Jeff was setting up shop there? Well, see, that's the thing. I think when people look at Seattle from a distance and imagine what Amazon would be like in their town, they uh, tend to think that, Seattle wasn't much before Amazon showed up, and that the, um, the sort of the tech boom that's happened since is really Amazon-driven. And the truth is that, um, you know, the Seattle area already had another huge tech player, Microsoft, and before that there was Boeing, the aerospace company, and both those companies had really created what we call a, a sort of an entrepreneurial ecosystem. Um, and that was – that allowed – Amazon to really um, grow, scale up fast because there was already a, a big labor pool, you know, of tech workers and such. So Seattle wasn't by any means, um, you know, it wasn't nearly as big and as booming as it is today, but it was definitely poised for the kind of growth that, that showed up when Amazon arrived. So I think cities that are looking to woo the second headquarters, they need to keep in mind that, that you know, your results may vary. You know, you 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 uh, you're not going to get the same thing in Seattle for better and for worse, um, and and just you have to keep that firmly in mind. That sounds like the small print on a diet plan. Results may vary. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out, Paul. But and that's so important because we we think that um, if you if you build it, they will come. And by that time, Seattle already was building it, and Amazon came and was able to profit and do well because of that. In large, in large part, yeah. Now, certainly, a lot of the, a lot of the cities that are that are bidding for the second headquarters already have their own versions of that. You know, they have a tech center, they have a big university, so they're going to argue that they have just as fertile a ground. But you know, so the point I was making, there were really two points. One is that Seattle brought had some unique characteristics, and that those really have to be taken into account when you're sort of asking what are the positives 
going to be in Calgary or in Boston or in Austin, you know. And then, and that's important because a lot of cities are, you know, they're aware that there are downsides to bringing in a gigantic, you know, company like Amazon. They're aware that if you bring in 50,000 well-paid workers, it's going to warp your economy. Mm -hmm. It's going to, you know, mess with your housing affordability, congestion, et cetera. But most of these cities are calculating that, okay, those are negatives, but they will be outweighed by the positives. And yet my point was that, you know, you really need to understand that the positives Seattle saw had to do with Amazon, but also with that that uh, tech culture that already existed. The tech culture, but also culture, culture. Seattle, uh, long before, well, around that time, I mean, I think of Seattle, I think of Starbucks, I, I think of grunge music. Uh, touch on just the, the, maybe the culture that Seattle already had before the Amazons of the world arrived. That's a good point, because Seattle had this tech culture, but it also had um, a number of other innovators. You know, it has Starbucks, um, it had Costco, it had Nordstrom. So it had this huge retail um, sort of culture that had been very innovative. And, you know, given that Bezos was looking to put retail online, you know, there would certainly be some cross-fertilization between those cultures. And then uh, your point about grunge, you know, Seattle had the, the, an indie scene, kind of a low-budget indie scene that managed to produce uh, grunge music. And all of that stuff feeds in and, 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 and sort of cross-fertilizes and makes the city attractive to precisely that that millennial, that well-educated, tech-focused uh, millennial you know, who's looking for a new job. I mean, they look at Seattle and they think it's, you know, it's perfect. I mean, it's pretty noteworthy that if you see pictures of downtown Seattle and look at some of the, the tech neighborhoods, a lot of people are walking around wearing plaid. And that should tell you, you know, a lot about the, the sort of the cultural connections of this tech boom. That's the next big fashion trend. Just watch whatever's happening in Seattle. Uh, okay, plaid. Also, look where Seattle is. I, I mean, I, I don't care if Amazon wasn't there. When I have visited Seattle, you've got a beautiful city. That's true. So, the, so we call these the, you know, the, the, Rainier, the Mount Rainier effect. So we have this mountain looming over the city skyline called Mount Rainier. And really that symbolizes this idea that Seattle's been able to attract Sort of a sort of a high-skilled workforce for a long time, and and not just attract them, but keep them, and that's been critical because during these big downturns that we've had, and that every city has, Seattle has managed to hold on to a lot of its skilled talent, whereas other cities have seen brain drains. And when you can hold on to your talent, it means that when you have a recovery, your tech sector can recover faster. That's been essential for Seattle's success. So you take these elements, this attractiveness, this weird sort of cultural mix and the sort of tech ecosystem that existed before Amazon got here. And you realize that Seattle had some very special ingredients, and those uh, may not translate, those may not move, you know, to another city simply Mm. because that city wins the headquarters. How were they able to retain their workforce in some of those downturns? I know you touched on it, but um, even in during Boeing's tough times in the 70s, how is it just because it's such a beautiful city, people are going to do everything they can to stay there until the jobs come back? A lot of it had to do with personal decisions. And I was talking with an economist who's been, who'd been in the area sort of charting the economy you know, since the Boeing bust. And he was working, he was a professor at the time, and he had people coming in, you know, students who had been laid off, and they were, you know, going back to school, and they were trying to come up with these entrepreneurial schemes, like anything they could do mm-hmm. to stay in town, because, the, you know, they just didn't want to move. And 
um, I think it really comes down to that. I think that there's the sort of the the sense that this is an innovative culture. There's a lot of entrepreneurial things going on. Someone is something's going to work out for me if I stay here, and it's sort of self-fulfilling because the person who is saying that it's probably himself or herself innovative and entrepreneurial. So it tends to be this self-fulfilling um, prophecy that you know creates this dynamism and um, creates a culture of sticky of staying put. And that's back to that whole entrepreneurial ecology you're talking about, too. Right. It all, you know, people are super proud of Seattle. They're just, and they have been for a long time. There's this real stuck-upness to Seattleites. When they, when they travel to other parts of the country, they're always talking about, well, you know, in Seattle we were doing this three years ago. But the point is that they're very proud of the city, and that pride translates into, I think, a willingness to stay around. Now, ultimately, if the economy is in the tank for long, you have to go where the jobs are. Yeah. But if you stay for six months or a year or a year and a half longer than you would from in another city, that can make a big difference. And I know we're seeing it here in our energy sector because for the last couple of years we've lost lots of jobs. But I, I know there still is a bit of that entrepreneurial ecology here as well. People just saying, okay, I love the city. I love the mountains. Uh, what can I do until things turn around? Or how do I create my own little startup and things like that? Paul, hold on, because this all sounds really good. You did say, though, there is a downside. We'll touch on that after this. I was reading that it's the Irish bookie. What is it? Patties. You guys will know that. Uh, putting odds that it looks like Atlanta is probably in the front of this when it comes to the almost 240 co- cities that are trying to woo Amazon. My guest, Paul Roberts, Seattle journalist, writes about technology, business, politics. Good article in Politico.com. Looking at, you know, don't be so quick to rush into this and recognizing what Seattle had even before Amazon was there. And then how Seattle has kind of morphed since then. Paul, you said um, Amazon came in 1994, but it's probably within the last uh, decade or so that things have really picked up with that company. So what have you seen as a Seattle resident when it comes to this huge tech company? Well, I think, again, you want to, you just need to understand that it's, it's Amazon Plus. So Amazon has kind of a, an orbit of, of firms that are there to, um, to sort of take advantage of its expertise and its leadership in, say, the cloud computing space. So it's, a, it's sort of Amazon Plus. And uh, there are other tech firms that were already there. So this kind of a constellation of tech firms, but they've definitely gone through a high-growth phase, which has been led by Amazon in the last decade. And that's meant, you know, that's meant more people in town. That's meant more um, well-paid people in town because I think what's different about this sort of boom from other booms has been the, you know, the spending power that a lot of these employees have. And, you know, they're young. They're single they're making $100,000 plus U.S., and um, that, that changes the economy. So we've seen that in the, certainly in housing prices, which are rising in Seattle faster than in any other U.S. city. Um, we're seeing that in congestion. We're seeing it in the kinds of products, you know, the retail sort of uh, uh, offerings that are springing up around, say, where Amazon is located in downtown Seattle. Definitely, you know, sort of going upscale. And um, in the culture itself, I mean, you know, Seattle had kind of a sort of a laid back, um, sort of an aloof, quirky culture. And that's being 
slowly but surely changed. Um, and you know, on the, ups, on the upside, there's there are neighborhoods in Seattle that were pretty uh, sleepy and even worse, and they're now um, lively. Uh, you know, the, Seattle has a nightlife; it has a lot of things going on. But you know, the downside is that it's you have to have money to live mm. in the city, and um, a lot of people who work in the city have to, you know, uh, ride a, a bus or a train in from, you know. It's the same problem you're seeing in other very successful towns. Uh, the people who work there uh, don't aren't necessarily able to live there. So um, pluses and minuses. But the taxes that city must be collecting on all these young employees who are making over $100,000. They do. I mean, it generates a lot of money, and uh, the, it's, the, you know, it's the biggest... Um, it holds the most office space of any single company in town, so it's, it's generating, you know, a lion's share of taxes. But as with all these, you know, sort of boom towns, the the benefits and costs aren't equally distributed. So, you know, you've got people who, you know, when Amazon comes to a town, like it comes to Calgary, it comes to Boston, what 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 will happen is that, you know, most of the people in town aren't going to get those those jobs. Yeah. Um, and while they will see some benefits in the long term from, say, better schools or roads, you know, from all those new tax revenues, in the short term, they're going to see the downsides. They're going to see the, you know, higher housing costs and the worsening congestion. And what we found in Seattle is that that those negatives really uh, stirred up a backlash and a lot of anti-Amazon sentiment, you know, to the point where when... When Amazon announced that it was, you know, looking for a second headquarters, there were a lot of people in Seattle who wanted to stand up and cheer because they felt that Seattle had grown too quickly and had lost too much of its character. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of cities that are wanting to get some of that economic development need to bear in mind that there are sort of political and cultural uh, impacts as well. Can anyone criticize Amazon? <laughs> I just wonder what the what the sentiment is for anyone to even say, "Great, I'm glad they're looking for another place for their second headquarters." Well, the the city, you know, the the business leaders, the business community was just a, was mortified that Amazon was considering doing some of its, you know, that it was going to be doing a lot of its future growth in another city. But the truth is that uh, Amazon couldn't have. It couldn't have added 50,000 new workers on top of what it's already going to add in Seattle. There just wasn't enough room. So there was never a question that they weren't going to they – were, they were always going to have to move somewhere. And, um, you know, the fact is that while a lot of people benefit from Amazon's growth and the, you know, the ripple effect of the real estate market, you know, the developers and the construction industry have really benefited, and that's created a lot of jobs to be sure, but – you know, again, those benefits aren't equally distributed, and a lot of other people have simply watched the city become more and more unaffordable. You know, this is still a city that has a lot of service workers, and, you know, a company like Amazon, I mean, it, its business is disrupting the economy and disrupting the job market and disrupting retail, and those disruptions cost people jobs, mm. and there's been those kinds of job losses right here in Seattle, so there's 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 an awareness that Amazon has brought a huge number of benefits 
But there's also an awareness that Amazon represents the very thing, the very force that is making life difficult for some, you know, people in the economy. And all that adds up, I think, to a, a skepticism about the company in some parts of the city. Um, so it's, it's mixed. I mean, people are very divided here about that. But they're divided about, you know, they were divided about Microsoft. They were divided about Boeing. I mean, you'd find that sort of ambivalence in any town about any sector in yeah. any company. Yeah. Paul, thanks so much. Uh, glad to shed the light on what's happening in Seattle. I appreciate your time. You bet. Paul Roberts, Seattle journalist. And, of course, I said his article is in Politico.com. Yeah, I... I think it's a huge long shot for Calgary to even get it. But uh, talking with the Calgary Economic Development Authority yesterday, I think we still attracted even smaller tech companies thinking, well, maybe this is a place we could set up shop. As long as we do it slowly, I think that's the important part. We've got news coming up next.